Hallelujah. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Everybody doing good this morning? Yeah. Amen. Well, I, uh, I fully expected Pastor to be here this morning and to be preaching. We was there at his house uh, about five hours yesterday, I guess. Got some good uh, chicken and uh, mashed potatoes and green beans and dry cornbread. Ooh, dry cornbread. She said, taste my cornbread. I said, Pastor Phyllis, I've tasted your cornbread for 32 years. It hasn't changed. It's dry. It tastes like sandpaper. It hadn't changed. Yeah, but put butter in it. Oh, it's still dry. Well, I was raised on it, and it tastes good to me. Well, good. Give me Jiffy and put some corn in it. You know, I'd rather have dessert. And so I asked him, I said, hey, you preaching tomorrow? He said, yep. I said, okay. And uh, unfortunately, at 5.30 this morning, uh, Phyllis called and said that he's, he's weak and that he's not going to be able to make it. But uh, hey, that's okay. Amen? I'd much rather hear him preaching than myself. But that, did you just say amen? amen. Mr. Hewitt? Honey, can you dock his pay? Yep, done. All right, next. Who's saying that now? <laughs> Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So anyhow, so I'm, uh, you know, and you know, we walk by faith. We live by faith. We move by faith. And you know, I fully expected him to be here because we walk by faith. And God is pleased, you know, with our faith. And, uh, and so I didn't start anything as a backup plan, you know, and because I'm thinking he's going to be here. It's going to be okay. And that's it. So when uh, Friday came along, Nicole's like, you better get something just in case. And I'm like, uh, okay. But you know what? I, I barely had it together because I wanted him here. So today it's going to be about a 10 minute. No, <laughs> no I, I've been praying about this and uh, seeking the Lord about what we really want to talk about next since most of our series are over. Small groups are getting ready to start here soon. The signups are back there. But uh, I really wanted to talk about the mind about the mind. A lot of the counseling appointments that uh, Pastor Nicole and I have had to take over, it deals with thoughts. It deals with the mind. Uh, it deals with things that aren't true, that people are believing, and things of that nature. And I said, you know what? It's about time we talk about the mind. So the title that I have this morning is The Invisible Battle. And of course, as you see here, I have a motorcycle helmet. No, I do not have a motorcycle. I just got this up in our prop room today. But what is this used for? To protect your head. Well, what is in the head that needs to be protected? Your brain. So what in the world is in the brain that's so important? Your mind. That's right. Your mind. And so that's why we have to protect our head with all kinds of different helmets. You know, your mind... Or your brain needs your mind to get things done. Without the mind, we'd be lost. Some people say it's the, it's the most important asset that we have. Well, I say, well, but what about the heart? You know, I mean, if we're not, you know, pumping blood, we're all gone too. But we could be pumping blood and this be all gone. And then what are we? They call us vegetables then. Because without this, this and the rest of us, Ah, we're just there. So it's very important that we protect our cranium, correct? That's why we're supposed to wear helmets everywhere we go. And whether you believe it or not, everything you are today 
Everything you have today or don't have today all started with a thought. And when you sit back and think about that, it's like, that's not, oh, that is true. Everything, everywhere, what you have, what you do, all started with a thought. And that thought is also in the mind, and that mind is covered by the brain, and that brain is protected by your cranium, and this needs to go over your cranium whenever you're riding a motorcycle or playing sports, and it's that much more important these days because it seems like sports are getting tougher and tougher and all things, all kinds of things are happening. So it's very important to help and protect our physical brain. Amen? Are you with me? Ah, hallelujah. And here's the deal. Our mind is like an airport control tower. It really is. Yeah, seriously. The airport control tower is the center of activity in the airport. I mean, yeah, they deal with planes in the air, but they deal with planes on the ground. They move planes here and there. They tell pilots what to do. I mean, it's crazy the activity that happens in a control tower. And our brain, our mind is like that control tower. Always thinking. It's never not thinking about something, which is crazy. As a matter of fact, thousands of thoughts come in like airplanes, and we have to direct those thoughts like they have to direct the planes. So they don't crash, don't run into each other. Oh my gosh, move quickly. Yikes. We have to direct those thoughts too, because sometimes if we don't, we can get in trouble as well. As a matter of fact, I looked it up here, healthybrains.org says that we can have up to 70,000 thoughts a day. 70,000 thoughts. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know how that is, but it's true because they said so. <laughs> 70,000 thoughts a day. And what in the world are we doing with all those thoughts? But also it said, and I didn't write this down, that 90% of those thoughts are yesterday's thoughts. They're not new thoughts. Only 10% of those thoughts are new thoughts. Wow. Okay, that's very interesting. Why are we thinking so much about the past? I don't understand. So if you're writing something down today, I want you to write this down. And as I always say, if you're not writing something down, write this down because it's very important. Whatever you think about, you will bring about. Whatever you think about, you will eventually bring about. You think about that boy, you know, I mean, you're looking, it's like, ooh, Courtney, you saw your man, you know, and you're like, hmm, I like him. Ooh, he looks good. It started with a thought, and then she started acting on that thought, and eventually, she got the date, and eventually, she got the man. Isn't that right? Yeah, baby, that's right, Tyler, Woohoo! that's right. But it started with a thought, just a thought. You can say it this way as well. The way we live is a reflection of the way we think. How many of people do we know that have a poverty mentality? You know? Why are you, like, why are you acting like that? Why are you living like that? You have the means not to live like that and be like that. A poverty mentality. Because of their thinking. You could also say it like this. Our thoughts shape our lives. Good or bad? Good or bad? Now, I thought it was interesting. 
Because, and I, and I, I kind of, as I'm thinking about this, my brain's also going 70,000 miles. And I have 70,000 other thoughts. You know, because of the ADDHD that never got taken care of when I was in school, of course. And so, again, when I'm, when I'm thinking about something, remember, I have to see it. And I know I've talked to a lot of you, and a lot of you said, man, I like how you teach because you show it. You know, you have to see it to learn. I have to see it to learn it. I was, I, I was horrible at reading books and things of that nature. So I got to see it. So as I'm sitting here thinking, I'm thinking to myself that when we act on our thoughts, it produces something. It produces a certain type of feeling. All right? And then, which then produces a certain behavior. And so as I'm thinking on that, I had the greatest, greatest, uh, I don't know, object lesson or greatest scenario to put. And it's like this. When I first saw Nicole and we started dating, okay, I just didn't run up to her on the first date and go, mwah, baby, here I am. No, no. I thought first, how am I going to plant the very first kiss on this girl? How am I going to do that? I want to impress her. I want to keep her. She's hot. How am I going to do that? And so I thought over and over and over, different ways, probably 70,000 different times, how I'm going to kiss this girl for the very first time. And then when I decided to do it, which was in the back of a car, it was horrible, she said. It was horrible. Yeah, my thoughts just ran away with me, you know. But then when I thought it, then I did it, okay? I acted on that thought, which then produced a feeling inside of me, and that was, hmm, she's a pretty good kisser, which then produced a certain behavior. I'm the man. I'm the man. I got this girl. She's mine now, you know? I didn't just do it, but I thought about it. And unfortunately, later she told me it was the worst kiss ever. Whatever. See, your brain can lie to you. (laughs) It can lie to you, right? Absolutely true. Hallelujah, but that's okay. So you think about your house that you want to build. You think about everything in it, what you want, how many bedrooms, bathrooms, you know, what you want to look, what you want to look like. And then you draw the plans after you've been thinking about the house that you want to build. Right? Then after you draw the plans, you dig the foundation, and then you build the house. Everything starts with the thought. With the thought. Now, I was looking online, too, because I always want to see what the other side is saying. Because we have to be wise as serpents. we got to know what the world's teaching our people, our kids. And I wanted to know what the world thinks about thoughts. And boy... This girl did not grow up in kids' church like she needed to. She's a 21-year-old TikToker. She's very popular. She gets, I don't know how many views or whatever. Now, I'm not a TikToker. I just found it online. I don't do TikTok. I don't want that mess. But I found her on here. And this is exactly what this young 21-year-old girl says and gives advice to. And hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people are liking it and sharing it, and telling her thank you. I tried to get on to tell her, you're a psychopath, but I couldn't because I couldn't get into TikTok because I'm not a a thing. But here's, here's what she says. When you have a thought, it's the universe's way of telling you that whatever you're thinking is, whatever you're thinking about is on the way to you. 
Okay? So I'm thinking, okay, I'll give her that one, whatever. Whatever's in the universe is telling me, okay, I'll, I'll give her that. So I was trying to be nice. All right? But it gets worse from there. They are your thoughts. Okay? You're getting your desires. Actually, they are already there. Okay? They have been in your reality without you even realizing it. And all you have to do is match the frequency. And then she says, in confidence and boldness, match the frequency of what you desire and it shall be yours. And she did it just like that. And it shall be yours. And it was the end of it. Now you know why I was going to try to email her or, or put a comment. That, that is as bad and is as when I said a while back, if I'm feeling bad, I hate it when people put, I'm sending good vibes your way. I, I, okay, I'm sending great thoughts your way. That makes as much sense as that does. But that's the world, guys. And people, I don't know if they understand all that mess or not. I don't see how you could be. And it doesn't work, and it will never work. It will never work. And that's the world. These are young adults teaching other young adults and kids that this is how you're supposed to deal with your thoughts and desires. Unreal. Unreal. David, match it with your frequency, bro, and it's yours. All right? Just remember that. Okay, because that thought was already yours. It's your thought. You know what? I hate to tell this girl, but not all thoughts are our thoughts. Matter of fact, most of the thoughts that come into our heads are not our thoughts. She's so wrong on this. But now as Christians, the Bible is clear that you and I are in a war. We are definitely in a war. I mentioned in our identity series that we have a foot in the spirit world. And we have a foot in the natural world. And our spirit wages war with our flesh, and our flesh is always waging war with our spirit. Galatians 5.17, for the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit, and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. Always fighting each other. Always fighting each other. And I said that our flesh will always win if we give it place, because it will always go to the flesh. Our thoughts, if they're not held captive, they will always go to the flesh because it's our sin carnal nature. We've got to deal with this mess until he comes back or until we're gone. But we can get better and better and better at dealing with this mess and be able to handle this mess, this flesh. But we're always warring. And our thoughts are always warring just like our bodies are always warring. Just like the spirit is always warring. Always warring. The conflicts that we face every day start in our minds. They start in our minds. And there is an invisible battle going on in our minds. And my question to you is, is how many of you know this? I got one back there that says, I know it. I know it. We know it. And you may not even have thought about it until right now with me talking about it. Well, that makes perfect sense. This is why I'm going through what I'm going through or why I'm thinking what I'm thinking. There's a battle between the flesh and the spirit, between what's right and what's wrong in our minds. If you don't know that this is happening, you're going to lose. You're going to lose. If your enemy knows there is a battle happening and you don't, 
You're toast. And most of us don't know that the devil is always after us, always after killing our desires, stealing everything we have, and wanting us to fail and fall. That's what he's there for. That's all he does. We got to know that the battle is there. And you know, America didn't know we were in a war. And it proved that on December 7th, 1941, when 2,403 lives lost at Pearl Harbor. 19 Navy and battleships were damaged and destroyed. Over 300 planes also destroyed. Two ships still underwater. Nicole and I went to Hawaii and we got to see that. Wow. It's amazing. You read it all through high school and growing up, the wars, and, and sometimes it doesn't make sense or sometimes it's not even believable that this stuff happened until you're there and you're seeing those ships under the water there and knowing that all those men are still down there. We lost that war because we didn't know we were in a war. But if you know a war is going on, then you can win. Then you can win. And America said, well, looks like we're in a war. Okay, suckers, it's our turn now. And of course, the first thing we did was the Doolittle Raids. And they were a whopping success. It scared Japan. But they still wouldn't bow and they still wouldn't kneel. Just like the devil. Yeah, you might win one little battle. But he's like, yeah, that was nothing. Now I'm going to try something different. Yeah, well, we know what happened next, don't we? Yes. Ultimately, the atomic bomb was thrown on Japan, and 110,000 people died that fast. Japan quickly surrendered. See, we knew we were in a war, and we were going to win. And the devil says, or God says this, you're in a war, but you already have the victory. You are a winner. You are on top. You're not beneath. You are the head. You're not the tail. You are winners, and you will win against everything the devil throws at us. Everything. Amen? Hallelujah. Well, we're in an invisible battle happening right between our ears, and we've got to pay attention, especially in these last days, especially with people like this coming out with weird stuff. And we can't believe it, and we can't give ear to it or even heed to it. Hallelujah. Now, I absolutely, <laughs> I absolutely love the cartoon, The Emperor's New Groove. How many grew up with The Emperor's New Groove? Dude, it was such a, such a cool cartoon. I was always enveloped in that cartoon. Well, again, in my thoughts, when I'm talking about the battle is in your mind, this cartoon quickly came up. And I know it was God. <clears throat> I know it was God. Brought this thought to me. But in this particular little scene that I want to show you, Kronk had a decision to make. The prince was put in a bag, and he was to be killed. So Kronk puts him in a bag, throws him in the river, and that was it. But then he started to think, ooh, is this the right thing to do? Should I, should I save him, or should I let him go? He had a battle within his mind, and the cartoon is kind of good. Check this out.
trying to lead you down the path of righteousness. I'm gonna lead you down the path that rocks. I'll come off it. You come off it. Yeah. You. Yeah. You infinity. Listen up, big guy. I got three good reasons why you should just walk away. Number one. Look at that guy. He's got that sissy stringy music thing. We've been through this. It's a harp, and you know it. All right. That's a harp. And that's a dress. Wrong. Reason number two. Look what I can do. <laughs> but what does that have to do with him? No, no. He's got a point. Listen, you guys. You're sort of confusing me, so, uh, be gone. Uh, or, uh, you know, however I get rid of you guys. That'll work. All right. So he's got a battle. Should I save this dude or should I let him go? And it's like that in our minds as well. You know, the good side of us is saying this and the bad side of us is saying this. The devil tries to put a thought in there. Oh, that's not true. That's a lie. We're always fighting those battles. And a lot of the times it's not that easy to figure out what you're going to do. But just leave me alone. I can't think straight. We've all been there, haven't we? We absolutely have. And so we know that it's not that easy sometimes to deal with a thought, take captive the thought, and put it away from us. And the Bible says a lot about the mind, a whole lot. In Deuteronomy, God talks about a confused mind. James 1.8, a double-minded. He talks about double-minded people and a wavering mind. Lots of places in the Bible talk about the troubled mind. An evil mind in Mark, the seventh chapter, verse 21 through 23. Matthew 5, Proverbs 24, talks about the sinful mind. And 1 Timothy 6, 5 talks about the corrupt mind. He talks about the anxious mind, the sound mind, the pure mind. And in Proverbs, the 27th chapter, talks about the sharp mind. So the Bible has a lot of stuff to say about the mind. But I only want to make three quick points today, and then we'll get out of here, because I know some of your minds are already on, what restaurant are we going to today? And you're trying to tell that thought, get behind me. I'm trying to listen to what Pastor Andy's trying to say. But just that Mexican smell just keeps coming up. Just tell it. Just wait. It'll get there. Hallelujah. <laughs> My first point this morning is just because you think something doesn't make it true. Just because you think something doesn't make it true. And we see in 1 Chronicles 21.1, it said Satan rose up against Israel and incited David to take a census of Israel. It was a sin to do so, and now Joab tried to warn David. David, why are you doing this? You don't need to bring this sin upon us. But you know what? David didn't listen. He didn't listen. That thought was so powerful that he said, I'm not listening to you. And he did it. And you know what? It cost Israel 70,000 men because of that thought, that disobedience of him acting on that thought and doing what he was not supposed to do. Cost him 70,000 men. And how did he do that? How did the devil get him to do that? It started with a thought. Started with a thought. Maybe fear. Come on, David. Do I have enough men for the next battle? Huh, that's a good point. You know what, Joab, go do this. Do it. The thought was so strong that he wouldn't even listen to his top advisor. And it cost him all those men. 
Here's the deal. The devil is a liar. He's an accuser. He is a false prophet. He is crafty. He is a master of deception. Guys, I hate to tell you this, but you're never going to win if you're going to try to fight him carnally and in the flesh. The devil's been around, uh, what, uh, since the beginning of time, and you've been here, what, uh, maybe at the most 90 years, maybe 98 years, maybe 100 years, you're not going to win against the devil. Not going to happen. Not going to happen. He's so crafty. He is the master of deception, and he will try to get in your head with a thought, with a thought. John 8, Jesus said to the Jews, you belong to your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. It didn't say there was a little truth in him. It said there was no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. That tells you the enemy that we are fighting and the war that we are in. He is always going to start the war, the battle, the invisible battle right between your ears. Always. Point number one, just because you think something doesn't make it true. Point number two, we must not believe everything we think. Don't believe everything that comes into your head. Don't do it. Genesis 3.1, now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord had made. He said to the woman, did God really say, hmm, you must not eat fruit from any tree in the garden? The devil put thoughts in Eve's mind that it will be okay to eat from the tree. That's what he did. Now, who knows how long it took for Eve to take that one simple thought, did God really say? And for her then to act on that thought. We don't know. It could have been a million years. We don't know. But that one little phrase did God really say? I'm sure he was crafty and kind. You know, I'm sure he was uh, debonair and suave. Eve, you're gorgeous, baby. Woo, you're gorgeous. But did God really say? Did he really say that? Hmm. And that thought stuck. That little seed stuck. And then what did it do? She finally took the thought, and did something with it. She acted on the thought, which then produced a feeling after it was all done, a feeling of guilt and a feeling of shame. When we do things we're not supposed to do, and we know it, we give in to the thought, we do a deed, we always feel shameful and guilty. If you love God, that is. If you have a good heart, that is. Because we all fail, we all make mistakes, and we're going to. But she felt shame. They both felt shame and guilt. And then it produced the behavior. They covered themselves and then hid from God because of that thought. And ultimately, they were kicked out of their homes forever. All because of the little thought. Did God really say? How many of you can relate to that this morning? I think we all can. 
I think we all can. Now, you might have been told negative things about your growing, you growing up. You know, maybe all the worthless stuff maybe that you are or did or maybe you got F's on your report card and so you were called names and you're never going to be smart enough and all these things that, that happened to us or I never wanted you, you were, uh, you were a mistake or you were an accident. You know, whatever, whatever your parents or people that raised you might have said that was negative that you think about. And the devil will not just bring those thoughts back up to you, but he will expand on those thoughts and add to the lies. That's what he does. He will expand on the thoughts and throw lies in as well. They might not be true, but if you believe them, then they will become true to you. They will become true to you. Some of us build our lives around false information that the devil feeds us. False information that the, and we build our lives around it. Let's, uh, let me give it, John. John, come here for a second. He says, uh-oh, now nah, I'm not going to pour no water on you or anything like that. Come here, John. This is, this is, this is how the devil works, okay? So, John, you and I are getting ready to go into this party. Look at all these people. They're, they're amazing people, man. We're going to have a good time, all right? But, John, I want you to know something. These people don't like you. I've talked to them earlier today, and they said, you're bringing John? I said, yeah, I'm bringing John, man. He's cool. He's my friend. Man, he dresses stupid. <laughs> you know, he's just, he just has this weird, geeky personality. You know, he's too smart <laughs> for his own good. <laughs> you know, I, I've talked to some people. They just, they'd rather not be your friends they just, they're just, you know, they're just, you know, just, just be with me, John. It'll be okay, all right? I mean, I understand what they're saying, but just, just be with me, okay? Are you ready to go? All right, let's go to the party, bro. So we walk into the party, all right? Now, I, hey, John, I'm going to go over here and get us some Coca-Colas, okay? All right, so I'll be right back, all right? So I go over here, and I'm getting some pop or whatever, and then that thought or those thoughts that I said to John are now starting to just go around and around and around in his head. And so as John's looking out at people thinking, man, who can I be friends with? You know, he looks over at these two right here and they say something to each other, right? They say to him and then they look at John. Now immediately, they don't point at John. They just look at John. Gosh, all right, stay with the script, okay? Anyway, now John all of a sudden thinks about what I said, and he's thinking in his mind, are they looking at my outfit? Or maybe the way I walk? Or maybe the way I laugh? <laughs> uh, okay. So, so now John's, John's all of a sudden, he's, he's starting to, you know, not like where he's at. Then... He looks over at me, now I'm over here, and I'm, I found a, a nice hot chick to talk to, and I'm just trying to say, hey, what's up, baby? How you doing, you know? And I look over at John, and I just laugh. You know, we laugh together. Well, John might think in his head that we're talking about him, and I'm telling her just how funny he really is. Yeah. When yet I told him before, John, man, you're my buddy. I love you, bro, and I'm trying to warn you, you know, that some of these people don't like you. You see where this is going? 
You see, this, these are false thoughts that are not true. When all they were doing was talking about going home and dancing in their bedroom tonight together. Yes. And where I just told her a nice dad joke and she started to laugh, but yet we were just looking this way. It had nothing to do with this. But now he's got these false thoughts now that he has to deal with. And if he don't get rid of those thoughts, the devil will eat him alive. You can't believe everything that you hear. Thank you, John. Appreciate you, brother. Hallelujah. By the way, I like your laugh, John. I do. I like your laugh a lot. So, <laughs> Hallelujah. Listen, Jesus only has positive things to say about you the day you were reborn. The day you were reborn, everything ended. The old man is gone. Now you have a new heart, a new mind. Right? Absolutely. You don't have to accept these negative thoughts any longer. And you don't have to let the past shape your life that way any longer. Don't believe everything you think. And the last thing is this. Don't be so open-minded that your brains fall out. I just say it as I see it. All right? Don't be so open-minded that your brains fall out. Proverbs 4.26 says, give careful thought to the paths for your feet and be steadfast in all your ways. Be careful thought. Give careful thought of the paths and be steadfast in all your ways. David said in Psalm 19.7, the law of the Lord is perfect, refreshing the soul. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. Now, I had to look that up because that was confusing to me. What did he mean by that? Making wise the simple. The Hebrew word for simple means open-minded. means open-minded. The ancient Jews described it as someone whose mind was like an open door. Everything went in and everything went out. You guys know some people like that? Don't, don't raise your hands. This person is gullible, in other words, and will believe anything. His mind is open even to the thoughts and images that should be rejected. That's not good. That, you shouldn't be like that. You shouldn't be that open-minded. And the only thing that came to me when I read that thought was... Conspiracy theories. <laughs> wow. Boy, they're out there. A lot of them are out there. I've heard some. I'm like, really? Really? Hmm. Okay. These people have what they call a conspiratorial mind. A conspiratorial mind, which could have a high level of paranoia. They are suspicious, withdrawn insecure, emotionally volatile, manipulative, and egocentric. That's what, that's what this dictionary said. Now, I would rather do what Isaiah 26.3 says, you will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. I'm not trusting in anything except God and what this word says. 
I want to be steadfast in my mind. In my mind. And steadfast in all my ways. I'm giving careful thought where my feet go. And in these last days, and if a thought, a dream, a prophecy, a vision doesn't line up with God's word, I'm out. I'm out. I don't care what you say. If it don't line up with this, I'm not going there. And in these last days, with this deceptive devil that's on our back, we shouldn't have it any other way. And we shouldn't do it any other way. Amen? That's why there's so many people lost. So many good Christians. Good Christians. Gone and lost. Because of this type of open-minded stuff. And it shouldn't happen. Okay, I don't, hear, I don't care how good it sounds. Matthew 24 says, False prophets will arise and the very elect will be deceived. And it's happening. Every single day. All right. That's all I'm going to do. We're going to dive into lots of things in the next weeks regarding the mind. I didn't really tell you anything on how to deal with stuff. I mean, I gave you a couple little hints. Because we're going to focus the next several weeks on the mind. We're going to talk about self-doubt, having a fertile mind, how to fix your thoughts, refocusing, guarding your mind, taking captive the thoughts, how to make your thoughts submit to God, condemning thoughts. Uh, we're going to talk about the helmet of salvation and, of course, how to have victory over our thoughts. There's so much to talk about when it comes to our thoughts. So I, I really hope that you're going to be here uh, and, and uh, listen and take notes and start to use this stuff to help you. Because the battle is, it's never going away and it's only getting stronger. And so we have to be on the defensive. We have to know, and we do know, now if you didn't after sitting in here, there's a war happening. There's an invisible war happening. We don't need to be like Hawaii. <laughs> and we can win because we have the one that is greater on the inside of us who can help us. And he gave us the cheat sheet on how to win every battle, including the ones in our minds. Amen? Everybody stand up this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I would do Jesus a great disservice if I do not ask you this morning, if you don't know Jesus, or you know of him, the devil knows Jesus, of course. The devil knows Scripture. But if you don't know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, and you would like that this morning, then we are here for you to help lead you to the Lord. It's that simple. Listen, man, these are the last days, guys. If you want Jesus, you want him. If you don't, you don't. I'm not, I don't petty around when I'm overseas. I even, I've even had the boldness to come on me that says, I don't even care if you want to get saved or not. I know that I'm saved and I know where I'm going. It's your life. You will do with it how you will. You want to go to hell, you go to hell. You want to go to heaven, then you know what? Give Jesus your life. And you know, I thought I was going to get thrown under the bus when I did that the first time. And teachers and administrators were raising their hand in the back. And I was like, oh, wow. I do care, but I, but I don't. Does that make sense? I hope that makes sense. It's your life. You know, if, if you want to live the way you want to live, then you live the way you want to live. Jesus is the only one 
that says, I'll stand and knock. I'll stand and knock. And when you want me, just ask, and I will come, and I will be your Savior. He's the only one. If there's anybody here today that says, hey, man, you know, I do want Jesus. I'm not perfect. I want to give my life to him. I want to start afresh. I want to start anew. Just raise your hand back there, anywhere. Be, be honest. If everybody's saved in here, okay, that's fine. If the devil's trying to lie to you and say you don't need salvation, well, hello, did I see a hand somewhere? Where do I see that hand? All right, awesome. Uh, come on up here, bro. Come on up here, man. We've all been here. It's all good, bro. <laughs> we love you. Thank you for your honesty. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Listen, this is your family now. All right? We're going to pray, and this is your family. You have a problem. You have a need. You're going through something. Talk to us. We'll help you in any way possible, okay? All right, just repeat this after me. Say, Father, in Jesus' name, I come before you right now, and I confess to you that I'm a sinner. I was on my way to hell, but I thank you right now, Lord, for forgiving me all of my sins. Wash them away and never remember them again. Now, Jesus, I am saved. Now, Jesus, I am saved. Yes. I love you. I love you. And you love me. And you love me. Thank you, Thank you. For, taking my place for taking my place on the cross. On the cross. Now, lead me, now, lead me and, help me and help me as I start this new walk with you. Start this new walk with you. In Jesus' name. In Jesus Amen. Amen. Come on, somebody shout. Yes. Woo. Amen. Yeah, I love it, man. Hallelujah. You know, we, we live for the devil so proud. We might as well live for Jesus just as proud. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, man. Hallelujah. We're going to get with you, and we're going to help you. Come on. He's part of the family. Woo! Yes, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Hallelujah. Now, Father, I come before you this morning. I thank you for every person in here. I thank you for their families. God, I thank you that this week you will show yourself strong to each and every family, God. Helping them, talking to them as they seek you and your word. God, I thank you for putting good thoughts in their minds. Giving them great ideas, witty inventions. Thank you for blessing them at home and at work and at school as it starts. Thank you for great favor everywhere they go, God. That the light is shining out from them. And God, they are winning souls because of who they are and who they represent, and that is you. We thank you for that, God. I thank you for healings, God, in their bodies and in their minds today, Lord Jesus. God, thank you for healing them and setting them free and showing yourself strong in them this week. In Jesus' name, God, and we thank you for Pastor. God, we thank you that he's healed. God, we thank you that his blood has your blood in him. In Jesus' name, God, I thank you that the devil's a liar and he is under his feet in the name of Jesus. We thank you and confess healing in that blood in Jesus' name. We thank you for strength in his body, Lord God, and in his mind as well in Jesus' name. Thank you for good thoughts, Lord God. Hallelujah. Oh, we stand and we thank you for that as well. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. We love you guys. See you Wednesday.